I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And I'm Allison. And the duo is back. We are back. We are better than ever. I am back from Morocco. It was three weeks. I basically studied abroad, honestly. That's what I keep telling people. <laughs> you really I studied did. abroad in Morocco <laughs> at age 25. <laughs> but I'm back. And I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. And Allison absolutely killed it while I was gone. The two episodes before this one are solo episodes from Allison because the Wi-Fi in Morocco is not reliable <laughs> at all. So yeah, if you haven't listened to those, definitely go check those out. Allison, again, killed it. And I was so excited to listen to those. And I feel like I learned so much about new wave and entrepreneurship. And I didn't know I could possibly love you and Clay even more than I already do. But Aww. like that episode, I told you, I was like smiling the whole time, <laughs> laughing. The stories that you brought up about us in New York. Even. That was so <laughs> funny. It was yeah. a really good episode. Yes. Well, do you want to share why you were in Morocco? Yeah. So <laughs> like I said, I was gone for three weeks and it was funny because I was posting on my stories and I got like a couple messages that were like, hey, bestie, love the stories. Looks like you're killing it. Honestly, I have no idea why you're there, but <laughs> I hope you're having a great time. <laughs> Keep it up. And I was like, oh my God, I am like 
the worst explainer ever. So I need to get better at that. Even like when we're on the podcast and we like start talking about things, like I feel like I don't explain things very well. But yes. Okay. So I was in Morocco for a production. I was freelancing for Beautiful Destinations, the company that I used to work full time at in New York City. So they hired me freelance to come produce a shoot for the Moroccan tourism board for three weeks. So we had four teams out there, four or three producers, two videographers or photographers with each group. And we all cover different parts of the country to create assets for Morocco's social website ads because they're doing a big push, obviously, for post-COVID tourism. And my team covered Tangier, Chef Shawin, and Fez. And then we went to Casablanca for a couple days, but seriously had the best time. My team was nothing but amazing. I worked with Logan Armstrong and Keen Luong, two incredibly talented filmmakers, and then our fixer. So if you, in the production world, a fixer is basically the person that takes you around when you're filming in a new country and like knows all the locals, knows all the connections. They kind of like fix you up with whatever you need. Like if we want to shoot an artisan or like a woodworker, the fixer connects you to those people. So our fixer, Yanni, Yanni is the man. He's our Moroccan dad. He's literally like way more important than us. Like he's literally an assistant director. So any major movie like ever filmed in Morocco, Yanni was like the main man working with all these directors. Like Whoa, I was like, poor really Yanni. Cool. He's working with like these three idiots <laughs> like, like running around Morocco. He's like way more of a big deal. His IMBD is stacked. But um, yeah, we had the best time and he was great. Our team got amazing footage and... Yeah, that is such a cool opportunity. I'm so glad you got to go do that. I like can't even believe it happened. Like it feels like a fever dream because like everything went so well. I had nothing but a pleasant time. Like Moroccans are so friendly, so nice. So hopefully that explains why I was there. And just like I had a really quick funny story from our trip that I wanted to share on this little recap. Well, if you've been to Morocco, I feel like you'll know that, you know, it could say if you pull up Google Maps that you're driving somewhere and it's going to be 10 minutes. Like it's actually going to be like 30 minutes because one, traffic is insane in this country. People drive like crazy. There's no stoplights. People just like go in roundabouts. Like you just go. Like cars will just like have to stop for you and stuff. So like anytime you're going on a 10 minute drive, I just knew it was going to be like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. So we're in Fez, which was one of the last cities we shot in. And we're trying to get to an ATM because I needed to pay one of the local musicians that we shot. We literally could not move. Like there was a car just sitting in the street and the driver gets out, talks to Yanni, our fixer. They're like talking back and forth. My fixer literally gets out of our car, gets into this man's car and like drives it for him, goes and like parks it on the other side of the street. And then Yanni got, got back in the car. And I was like, what just happened? He's like, oh yeah, this dude was sitting in this car because his friend was taking a college exam. Like they were taking finals and it was his car. So the guy taking the test left his car like in the street to take this exam. (laughs) And his friend that was sitting in the car didn't have a license. So he was just parked in the middle of the street and couldn't move the car. So our fixer got in like some random (laughs) dude's car and like pulled it out of the street. And then we, we went on with our day. Like nothing... And so they didn't think anything of it. Yeah, like very normal <laughs> situation. <laughs> I We were just like dying laughing. It was just, so that's like a little glimpse of Morocco driving and life. But no, it was so much fun. I'm glad to be back though. I feel like the places 
that you stayed at the Riyads were stunning. Like you were put up in a nice situation. Yeah. And one of the Riyads, which is Riyadh is a Moroccan hotel. It's usually, they're really old. Like the one we used to stay at was from the 15th century, but it's basically like a hotel with a courtyard in the middle, like a pool. So I feel like you can kind of see it in your head, like those beautiful pools, you know, the rooms surrounded, but we were actually supposed to stay in like, just like a chain hotel because obviously on productions, you just want to save money and cut costs. But we, yeah, we were going to shoot at this Riyadh and the owner found out that he like knew Yanni because Yanni's a big deal and like matched the price of no way local chain hotel. Yeah. Because the Riyadh, we were like the price for what we stayed in was like $250. Like it was like a nice Riyadh, but he matched it down to like our way lower (laughs) budget. So that was like really cool. And we got to stay in a beautiful place for four days in Fez. Dang. And did you just fly to New York yesterday? Yeah. So three weeks in Morocco, we wrapped on Saturday, May 29th. We all were connecting through JFK to our final destinations. And me, who hasn't been in New York City since I moved out, I was like, I need to stop. I'm going to get off the plane at JFK. I'll make that my final destination. I'm going to stay here for a couple of days, see all my friends that I literally haven't seen since the pandemic and catch up with them. And honestly, I'm just having like a really chill weekend. So I'm in New York right now. <laughs> I'm recording from my friend's apartment. She's literally sitting next to me <laughs> and we're going to get lunch soon. But yeah, I, yeah, so I'm in New York and so sad. I'm not with Allison and our guest for today's episode because I could just like feel the energy that they were giving from across my laptop, but I just know that it was, it would have been so much cooler to be with you guys, but we'll have a reunion soon. I miss you. I can't wait to come down and see the house. And I feel like we need like a rekindle. Like it's been so long. It's crazy. Well, I will be in Omaha for two weeks this month. So I'm so pumped for us to record in person because I was thinking about it. We haven't had an in-person episode since episodes one, two, and three. No, just one and two. That's so insane. That's insane. Yeah. Shows that you can really do everything remote. Yeah. I feel like our podcast needed to be hosted like with each other. Like I wouldn't want to have a podcast with literally anyone else. So I no. feel like we were going to make it work no matter what happened if it was remote. Even if you moved to Morocco. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I love Morocco. But I don't think I could live there. No. I miss Chipotle, Chick-fil-A. And like what we talked about in this episode, which you'll hear shortly, the U.S. is so convenient. So There's convenient. just so many things that like you take for granted. And once you travel, you get like exposed to just how nice it is to live here. So it's beautiful. Morocco is definitely probably more beautiful than St. Louis, but I'm very happy where I live. <laughs> I think what I like to say about places is there's so many amazing places to take like a vacation and an adventure or a trip, but that doesn't mean I want to live there. And that doesn't, there's no hating on that place in any type of way, but like I like my home base where my home base is. And then I like to just go and tap in to those places. Absolutely. Yeah. So long story short, that was my life the last month. And peak of the week, obviously, was that trip. Having such a good experience, like luckily, nothing happened. We all tested negative getting into the country. We tested negative for COVID getting out. Everything was so smooth and was taken care of very well. So peak of the week was coming back from that trip. Amazing. On a very high note. Yeah. <laughs> Easy breezy. Love. Easy love breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your peak of the week, Allison? Sorry, it's talked for so long. No, no, no. 
I feel like mine wasn't one specific peak either as much as Mm -hmm. a feeling of the whole week. After doing the New Wave podcast episode, I really felt like it was such a time of reflection and the last two weeks have just felt so good to be on my own. And going even back to the first episode, how I kept saying, I need to be alone. I really am someone, for better or worse, that just likes to work alone. I do my best work alone and I love to like tap ideas of other people in here and there, but full time, like for the majority of the 40 hours of a work week, say, I just do so well by myself being in my own element and finally getting back to that the last two weeks, I am a new person. Like I feel like the ideas are just coming in abundance and I can't even like execute on all of these ideas. And I've just been feeling so good and in such a good headspace and getting so much done and really reaching goals. So my peak of the week, I guess, would just be that I'm doing the best that I've been in probably a year and a half. And that's got to count for something. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's yeah. Awesome. And then Diddy flew in on Friday. So, actually, I will reel it back for one second. So, I worked out pretty much every day for that full five weeks, maybe even six now. And then when Diddy flew in on Friday and Saturday, I was just so busy. She flew in. We went out to dinner Friday and Saturday night, saw other friends Saturday night, and I stayed sober and we still ate vegan. But this morning I woke up feeling like a zero out of 10 because I was like, oh my gosh, like my body has been so used to working out every day. And I was going to try to put some stories up on the podcast account this morning. And I texted Kara and I was like, I will have to do it later. Like I am just not well. And we were recording in like an hour and a half. And I stopped and was like, you have two options. Option one could be, you could make this morning really, really stressful and just try to get like all this content and these stories up. And I was like, how does that actually really help anyone or myself? Like the point of the podcast is to go and show up for the podcast. Like the Instagram is the supplement, but the podcast is the main thing. And if I'm going to go record this episode in an hour and a half and I feel terrible and tired and not myself, that doesn't help anyone or the whole point. So I just was like, you know what? I went and walked peaches for 20 minutes. I went and did a workout. I like drank a bunch of water, showered off, and then made my smoothie. And because we we maybe were going to go to brunch or something, I mean, we still can But I was like, I need to feel in a good headspace. And I was making excuses that like, oh my gosh, since I have someone in town, like I suddenly can't do my normal things. And it's like, bitch, what do you mean? It takes an hour. Go for a walk, shower, Mm -hmm. make your smoothie, take your vitamins. And my workout was literally, I went and jumped rope and ran and did weights in my parking lot. You just have to be this like amazing thing. And then after I did all of that, I was like, I feel amazing. 10 out of 10 now. In society, I feel like we can say, oh, I'm running late because I couldn't find something to wear or I was getting Starbucks or whatever. And those are all acceptable things to show up late to your job or whatever for. But why would the gym not also be acceptable? Like, hey, sorry, I actually needed to go work out for like my mental and physical well-being. Sorry, I'm going to be five minutes late. But now I'm at ready uh, to perform yeah. for the entire day. That is so crazy that you had that same thought because I was literally just thinking about this. When I was in Morocco, every single, not every single morning, that's a lie. But like, I was getting physically drained and we weren't shooting, you know, that much for me to be that tired. And it was like, immediately I started waking up earlier than the call time and I was working out and I had a jump rope too. And I would go to the hotel rooftop or just like the side, like 
the outside and just jump rope. And it was something that I was like, I can't post this on my story because I just know that maybe someone back at the office might think like, oh, she's working out instead of working. But it's like, no, I'm working out so that I can be in a better headspace, that I can do my best at work. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But why is that a thing? Right? I was literally thinking about that. Yes. Because I'm like, I don't want them to think that I'm like just on vacation in Morocco. But it's like, no, I'm waking up earlier and still on time. But like, yeah, why is that the perception? But I had to go take care of myself first. Like, it's ex- like mm-hmm. we dress in nice clothes for work because that makes us, you know, look good, feel good. But why would working out and like taking the time to like make your own breakfast not also be acceptable? Yeah. So I just decided to break that stigma this morning and we rolled in to record the podcast like at 10. And I told Diddy, I was like, yeah, we should probably be there at like 940. And I was like, nope, we're just gonna not be early because, and she needed to take a moment too. She was like journaling and Mm -hmm. we were both like, why wouldn't we think that we need to take care of ourselves before we show up? I don't know. It's just so silly. That's way more important. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone needs to hear that, take care of yourself before you take care of others. Like they say, on if a plane's going down, put on your oxygen mask (laughs) first. Or you put on someone else's. There we go. Yeah, you just, you can't be helpful if you're not, if your own cup isn't full. And yeah, that was kind of my realization this morning that even if you're on vacation or you have guests over or you're working, you have other things going on, as Michaela would say, why are you sticking up for your excuses? Doesn't help anyone. Yeah. But okay, now we can go ahead and introduce today's guest. So I feel like you should tell the story because we ended up in Marfa because of you. Yes. So if you just heard Allison saying Diddy was in town, Diddy is our guest. That's what she's talking about. But let's reel it back to 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do we even start this? How do we know Diddy? This is a great story. So back in 2019, when I was working full-time at Beautiful Destinations, I was a producer. So I was an associate producer and we had a pretty small office. Like it was not a big team at all. You would think with an Instagram account with like 14 million followers, it's like a huge company. No, it was really small. And so I think I was in my second month there And this is when I was an intern. So what happened was, I guess they shot a video in Marfa, Texas. And when they got back, they realized they didn't get enough photos and the client wanted more photos there. Literally every other person at the office was fully booked. Like the entire photo video team was on different shoots. Everyone was doing their own thing. And I was literally the only person (laughs) that could like go and take more photos. So they're like, Kara, we need you to go to Marfa, Texas like in three days and go take more photos. And you can bring someone if you want to bring someone for talent or to help you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I texted my sister and then I texted Allison, you know, that was like my first people that I know could drop everything and would be great people to travel with and be talent. And so we all left three days later, me and McKenna flew, Allison drove, which I feel like we talked about in one of our other episodes, but we all drove and flew to Marfa, Texas. We got there, we're shooting. I honestly was like so stressed because like I was still new at this company and I was like, these photos have to be good or else they're going to fire me. I don't know why I thought that, but I was like really stressed. So apologies, Allison, for being like, no. Kind of a cycle. It was an awesome trip. (laughs) But we were walking to dinner. We had just like kind of wrapped for the day because we had literally been shooting all day. And we saw these two girls pulling up to the same restaurant we were going to with these adorable bikes. And I was like, wait, this is like iconic. This is a perfect picture for this client. This looks like a, you know, a staged model visit Marfa photo with like these cute bikes. So I was like, hi, can we get your picture? Like, you guys look so cute. And we started taking pictures of them. Then we were going to the same restaurant restaurants were like, let's all eat together. Let's have dinner. Turns out like these, oh yeah. And I feel like I have to put him to say, cause Diddy was like, I just feel like we should 
state that neither groups are were really the people to like spend our last night on a trip meeting with other people. Like clearly the vibes were very compatible for us to both on our last nights there. Like, like yeah, and we're going to eat, we're going to spend this nice dinner at like, it was definitely the nicest restaurant in the town all together mm-hmm. with these random strangers that we've known for 45 seconds. Yeah. So like so that was clearly like, it was meant to be. It was literally meant to be. We all sat down. Diddy immediately is like, you're a Pisces to me. And I'm like, yes. And then we like clicked really well. <laughs> and then like, she was like, you're a Libra. You're the most Libra Libra I've ever met my entire life to Allison. <laughs> and like, I don't know. It just like had a really nice conversation. And I don't know. Like, yeah, it clicked. We all got each other's Instagrams, like all connected. And like, that was 2019. Now it's 2021. Two years later, we're still connected with Diddy. And as you'll hear in the episode, she felt called to come to visit Allison in Omaha, Nebraska. And we're like, wait, we need to have her on the podcast. Like we need to make this work while she's in town. Because as you'll hear, she's truly an amazing person. She's a psychic, has this very spiritual, energetic, like she can connect with energy side. And that's what she does for a living is like she helps other people connect to that energy. And she's also a really cool filmmaker and producer and all the things which we'll talk about as well. Yes. And she's from Jamaica and has been living in Jamaica mostly for the last three years. So she flew in Friday from Kingston. So really, really cool and a big deal that she's here in Omaha in person, that truly meeting someone on a sidewalk years ago could come back to fruition at this point in time. But yeah, we'll end up talking about everything that Kara just stated and we can just get right into it. I'm so glad you're in person, Diddy. This is so fun. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so surprised that I'm here. In Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to say like when you got here and how yes. that happened? This is a long time coming. So I have been getting signs from the universe to come to Omaha, Nebraska for about, I mean, really my whole life, but really hardcore for the last year and a half. And it, it kind of kick-started with you guys. Like when I met you three, you, McKenna, uh, well, I'm looking at Carol, but Allison, <laughs> McKenna, and Carol in Marfa on June 26, 2019. And since then, the universe has just been like, Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, but specifically Omaha. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, it, it just kept turning up around me. Like people would offhandedly mention Omaha as a quote-unquote place I would never go or just like referencing it as some kind of random place that existed. And uh, I got a book the other day called Black Elk Speaks and like big and bold on the front is one book, one Nebraska. What? (laughs) Yeah. And it just like, I mean, those were just tiny, tiny things, but didn't All you say kinds you would of see things. People wearing like Nebraska stuff. Yeah, in I would Jamaica? like in Jamaica. I would see people in a T-shirt that said Nebraska on the front. Like I think it was maybe like a University of Nebraska T-shirt, and I did not run them down. I just took it, you know, at face value. But yeah, and when I was doing readings for people, I met this woman who was living in Spain, and she, her parents were Cuban and Costa Rican. And she was like, yeah, but I'm not, like, from there. I'm from somewhere really, really random. And I'm like, where? And she's like, Omaha, Nebraska. Can you believe it? I'm like, yes. (laughs) I I can absolutely believe that. Oh, my gosh. So how does Um, it feel now that you're there? uh, Good. It feels really, really—it feels extremely familial. 
Like, oh, say the thing when we were driving down the street. Allison took me on a tour of West Omaha, and she was like, this is where me and the Kirkpatrick girls grew up. Like, not together, but, you know, this is the uh-huh. area. And we were driving down a street, and then I had, like, the most intense deja vu of my life. And I'm like, no, I've definitely taken myself on a Google Maps tour down this street. Like, this street. And then I come to an intersection. I'm like, yes, this is the street. <laughs> <laughs> and they look at it and I look up and down. And of course, it's just like a residential neighborhood, but it's like I'd been there before and I'm fairly certain it was a Google Maps tour. Like I, I know that's what it was. But even when I was doing that, however many weeks ago, like I saw the street, I'm like, this looks intensely familiar. Have I been here? Have I been here? No, I've not been down this street. It's wow. it's just like the weirdest feeling. And then I met Allison's dad and her stepmom. It was a very, it was a very eventful evening. But <laughs> yesterday, I met her dad and her stepmom at their house. And I asked her stepmom because I heard she was from LA, and she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Where?" And she's like, "Uh, you know, like the Burbank area." I'm like, "Oh, cool. Well, I'm gonna go house sit in Altadena on Monday." And she's like, "I'm from Altadena." I'm like, "Oh, street? Cool. <laughs> yeah. What's your intersection?" And she's like. Um, Altadena and I think, what did she say? Altadena and like you'd say Lake. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go house sit on Altadena and Fair Oaks. Oh my God. <laughs> Which apparently is like, what, two blocks away from it's each other? It's less than yeah. a mile <laughs> away. Uh, yeah, and it just like, the whole way here, it was like very, very hallowed. I kept seeing, I've been seeing the number sequence 444 every single day for six weeks. Um, and then once I got here, I started on... Several license plates and, you know, it's all over the place. Wait, so what does that mean? Like, all these signs that the unit— Like, what does that tell you? Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Diddy's sitting here with her head down. (laughs) I don't necessarily know, but (laughs) I know it means something. It's like, does it mean, like, you're exactly where you're supposed to be? That is what I'm taking it as. Like, if I try to discern any other kind of meaning, then my head starts to spin. But I (laughs) personally take it as, uh, cool, well, you told me to come here, and I have gotten myself here. So here is where I am. (laughs) But I will say that since I've been here, I've been telling Allison, like, about all this, everything that's been happening and how overwhelming it is and, like, how insane it feels. But she was like, well, maybe there's not, like, one material thing waiting for you in Nebraska. Maybe it's just like a feeling or like a type of inspiration, like an intangible thing. And that's what I thought uh, because just, I mean, that's the kind of thing that would mean the most to me at this point in my life is um, something that would help my brain space or, or just help my spirit move in the more beneficial direction. And it does feel like that. Like it feels very, very familiar here, like weirdly so. And it feels really beautiful here. And yeah. I'm happy I got here. <laughs> I'm happy I listened. I feel like that's a good segue for like maybe saying why you wanted to come here as well and how the last year you've been living in Jamaica or three years. The last three years I've been living in Jamaica. So 
prior to this, I was living in America, mostly LA, for a decade. And I left because um, my visa ran up. So I didn't necessarily go home because I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been trying to come back. But I love Jamaica. I do. It has a very special place in my heart. But it is the single place in the world where my mental health is at its absolute worst. And I had not left the island in a year. And it was just very, very bad. Yeah. And I I needed to get out. Not sure if there was like any specific part of that story that you wanted me to mention in particular. Oh, no. I don't know. We were just talking about how interesting it is that like, you know, we feel like our lives are so hard and we like take all this stuff for granted and people are just like complaining about these little things in their day and how, you know, people are like, Omaha sucks. I just want to (laughs) leave Omaha. And you're like, no, like I'm from Jamaica and you guys are like trying to come vacation in my country. And I'm telling you that like you need to appreciate what you have like right outside your doorstep like okay so you don't eat dairy and you're like wait you can just go to a coffee shop and get like a vegan latte like you're like I can't go and do that yeah it's I mean just the availability that exists here is like mind-blowing I can't I I don't know if you can hear me smiling when I'm talking but it's (laughs) nuts you can just get anything here whole foods in itself is an absolute miracle I will never get over it but I'm aware that you can say the exact same thing about Jamaica um (laughs) but If there is anybody listening to this from Nebraska or Omaha in particular, you guys, you live in such a delightful place. Although I will say I understand what it's like to not vibe with the place that you're from. But yeah, at home, there are lots of things that I've learned about myself that I need for my sanity, but also my health. Just like practically, I'm sensitive to dairy and I can't eat eggs And while Jamaica has lots of good uh, food, a lot of it is not necessarily things I can eat and feel good about after. There are, you can get vegan food. There are options, but it's like the same options. And after, you know, while it becomes a bit repetitive. So when I come here and I see, and like Allison is telling me about all this stuff that she has just on a weekly basis, I'm like, my brain is melting i'm like what you have you can eat like a couple different things in a week like there are (laughs) options of things to eat (laughs) and you can go to different coffee shops and get like a ton of different stuff and like you can tell them to make the oat milk and not like regular milk and it's and there's like there is oat milk available and it's not because the import didn't reach this week and it's it's just not here anymore it's like It's amazing. I love it so much. (laughs) And even when we went to the post office yesterday, like it's just so easy. We just drop off the packages. There is a box outside and you can stick a letter in there and you can rest assured it's going to go where you ask it to go. (laughs) Amazing. I sound like I live in a tree. I don't. I have a wonderful life in Jamaica. I'm, I'm extremely lucky and i do i do feel very very bad that i have any kind of negative emotion about jamaica because i have it so much better than like 90% of people but it, this is yeah it is I am a human being at the end of the day yeah and it's nice to hear <laughs> this is yeah. how i feel in nebraska <laughs> And like a subtle reminder that like where we live in the Midwest is really nice. <laughs> it's not like a horrible place, you know? Yeah, we were just talking too about how crazy it is. You know, if you think about international students and people that are studying abroad, even like Julian, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they're from Europe or like 
Asia and they somehow find like Nebraska or Missouri or Iowa. And it's like, how are you finding us? Like, Mm -hmm. why, why do you want to come here? Cause we just, everyone thinks that like my life will be so much better when I can just go to that place instead, or like get out of this place that I'm from. And I don't know why we think that so much. And it took a long time for me to actually appreciate Omaha so much. I think the more I travel, the more I actually love Omaha. And the customers will say that a lot. They come in because New Wave is like right by the interstate. So people will be like road tripping through and then they'll just like pop in. They'll be like from, I don't know, Denver or Chicago or whatever. And they're like, do you like Omaha? And I'm like, I actually love it here. Like, I think people just want to be to blame, you know, like their city and having pride for the place you're from is actually like a really special thing. It is. I hope I feel it Find more. <laughs> yeah. I do feel, I, I feel proud. Of, I literally did a video with uh, my best friend about pride in Jamaica, but um, for BBC, but like, I hope I can get, I think it will be much easier for me to feel that really intense, uh, unconditional love and pride for the place that I am from once I have the option to spend time that I want to spend there yeah. as opposed to necessarily have to spend time there. But it does make a difference. Like, it makes a huge difference. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about your filmmaking and the journey? So you lived in L.A. for a while. Yeah. So maybe talk about how you even decided to go to school in L.A. Oh, that was full spirit mode. Um, so <laughs> I, w- I went to boarding school when I was 16 in Florida, in South Florida. And I was applying to college my senior year, and I did not get into my first choice college, which was Brown and uh, I don't know, I was at home at the time and two days before the deadline. So on December 31, 2009, I just saw the letters USC in my head. That's actually all it was. I had no other reason to apply there other than I saw it in my head. I'm like, yeah, USC. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied and I, I got in and uh, that was, I immediately knew I wanted to go there because I had never been to California but when I thought about it, I felt so good and that was all I needed. So I turned up and I prayed it was pretty and I turned up and it was devastatingly beautiful and I just immediately felt incredible. So that's how I ended up there. Um, I didn't study film at the time. I was too afraid to do it is what I now <laughs> realize. But I studied art and eventually journalism and I worked in the art world for a while and I worked in the journalism world for a while and it was only because I had to go back home to Jamaica that I was kind of uh, confronted is a very aggressive word. I'll use it anyway. I was confronted by the fact that I really didn't want to do film and it was like, so you're going to do this or are you just going to keep running away from it? (laughs) You're going to just, you know, run away from what you actually want to do? Um, So that was a huge benefit of actually going home, even though I didn't want to, is that it made what I wanted a lot more accessible to me, if only because it's a very small place with a much less saturated market than the one I was coming from with the thing I wanted to do. So that's how I ended up in filmmaking. But I did uh, shoot my first film last year. It's a miracle I finished it. It's a miracle that film exists. Um, (laughs) But I am... I. My ultimate dream is to be back based in L.A. Uh, and keep making films I want to make. How did you even get that gig with BBC? Oh, boy. BBC, that the one about Pride, I got it because my best friend, Summer, 
was working on it already and our friend Anna was the producer for it and the person who was making it with Samo had to drop out of the project and she uh, messaged me and she was like, this project needed four months to be done. It was given four months, but we have two weeks. Are you in? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You caught me at the exact right moment. Absolutely. So that's how it came about. That's amazing. I need to go watch it. I can't believe I haven't. Oh, it's seven, it's seven minutes, minutes, right? <laughs> seven minutes of Jamaicans being Jamaican is what it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you want to talk about your intuition? Sure. I mean, as you know, it's it's a huge, it's like a world in uh-huh. itself. So we can we can pick a genre. We can pick the ghost genre, the psychic genre, the the astrological genre. I think that you should talk about how it was really prevalent. Is that the right word? Prevalent in your family. And then uh, some astrology, because last night we spent three hours of you. We You spent three hours analyzing my birth chart. I sat there with a journal. <laughs> and I was like, wait, repeat that? Like, what did you just say? What do you mean I'm famous? <laughs> Wink. No. Oh. Um, I am hyperintuitive. Sometimes I use the word psychic just to make it shorter and more direct but my maternal lineage is extremely intuitive as well like my mom and all of her sisters are are very intuitive and my grandmother was a psychic like she was a nurse but she read she read for people at night and on the weekends so it's something I very much inherited and it's just like whenever like Allison and I think you had asked me Carol at one point like, when did you know that you were super intuitive? I don't, it's just an existence. I was just, this is this is my life experience. And I think you said it really interesting yesterday. You were like, it was just always like that for me. So I'd never, Yeah, I just thought that was normal. Yeah, it, it like that was normal for me. And it was only when I would describe it to somebody else where they're like, what? No, I don't see that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I do, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it, I never questioned it ever. And same thing with like seeing energy and like seeing uh, spirits or ghosts. I, it's just something that's always been a thing. doesn't make it less terrifying, but it, it's just always been an experience that I have had. My mom's had it. Her sisters have had it. And I'm assuming their mom has had it. Yeah. And it's, it's I kind of turn that into something that could support me by reading tarot cards for people. And I'm now in a space where I'm developing not needing to have those as the as the, the kickoff point to me accessing it. Because as you may or may not know, tarot cards are only like the means to accessing what is universally available to everybody. It just goes through a translator and I acted as that translator for some people. But yeah, I'm, yeah, so you're I trying would, to get away from using tarot cards and just be able to tap into it. Yeah, I'm. I would love to be able to turn it on and off at will because as of right now, it's a lot better than it used to be in terms of finding me at inopportune moments. But that's kind of how it operated before, where I would just be existing, and then like this wave of I'm not even sure what just random knowledge would come in, and it would just like descend upon me. I'm like, I don't know why. I am supposed to know that that girl is moving to Texas next week or she should. I don't know why, but I'm going to go tell her. Like things like that don't happen as frequently, but I'm able to turn it on a little bit more when people ask me something and I can like sit and and, um, 
feel the cloud that surrounds me. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to do now. But I'm aware of mine, but this exists in everybody for sure in varying degrees. And that's a big part of what you do, right? It's like, because I know I talked to you like a month ago or so and you're like, no, I literally help people tap into their intuition. And I was asking you, I was like, well, how often is your intuition right? Like, why do you need to coach people? And they're like, you're like, it's literally right 100% of the time, but people ignore it. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard because, you know, it's kind of hard to tell what it is. And like, I'm thinking of intuition as this thing. It's like, it's the spirit part of you. Like you as a human being, that is one part of your existence. Like part of your spirit lives in your body. And then the other part exists everywhere else like molded with everyone else's in this big blob, or that's how it is in my brain. And like your intuition is part of that, and it's constantly communicating with the part of your spirit that is living in your human body. But, you know, you came to Earth for a human experience, and part of that human experience is like thinking a lot and like being logical and analytical so that you can survive in an Earth world, you know. (laughs) But uh, it doesn't always allow you to believe maybe thoughts that come to you at quiet moments or listen to things that might sound impractical by any other standard. But it's like, yeah, the part, the knowledge that exists outside of you is never wrong. And I'm I'm saying that in the, I'm just making a blanket statement, but it's like, it is objectively the best thing for you to do that you can ultimately go where you want to go and do what you want to do and feel the way you want to, but it doesn't make sense a lot of the time. So of course you don't believe it, you know? Like, And sometimes it's insane. So sometimes it's not possible to listen to it, <laughs> but you just do your best. But everyone has this. Every single person has this. It just, everybody has their own, like their own filter. So it will come to everybody in a different way. The way my intuition talks to me is not the same way that Allison's would talk to her or Kara's would talk to her. It would just, it's a very individual thing. So I just, I mean, I like to, I'm very curious to hear what people's experiences are with their intuition and and when they realize it. It's never not fascinating to me. Speaking of, Allison, I know that Allison is extremely intuitive. And it's gotten her many, many good things or just like taken her to beautiful places. And also yours is banging, Carol. I mean, you're just like a mega Pisces with just like a giant Sagittarius moon. I'm fairly <laughs> positive. Is it? Is that correct? I think it is. I think is the moon that, the one that you are when you're alone by yourself? Okay. Yeah, it's your quote unquote dark side. It's not dark. It's just, Okay, mine's yeah. Libra. And then— And— Oh my gosh, Yes. <laughs> Right. Oh Wait, my gosh. Yes. I remember Libra, this. Moon and then Gemini rising. Allison, what's mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm Pisces. Allison, what's yours? Mm-hmm. You're a Libra sun. I'm a Li- Libra sun, Capricorn moon, Virgo rising. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a Pisces sun, Cancer rising, Scorpio moon. I am very watery. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kara, I just looked at your co-star. Okay, I, that's literally Libra my Bible for all this stuff. It's like, I, I got a full co-star. One second, guys. <laughs> if someone is having trouble tapping into their intuition, as someone who consults these people, what is the first step to getting past that mental block? Gosh, being okay that you have the mental block in the first place. That's like the number one place to start. Because... 
Uh, if it's anything just like life has taught me, not even intuition, but just like life has taught me is that if you are immediately at war with yourself or making yourself wrong about something from the gate, it's not going to end well. So the absolute first thing to do if you feel very blocked from it is to just be like, all right, intuition. I know this sounds insane, but like if you talk to it the way that you would talk to a friend you will develop a relationship with it and you will start to get the voice it has. You'll recognize the voice it has. So like if you start with being like, I know you're there. I can't see you or feel you or hear you or I don't think I can, but I know you're there, acknowledging that it's there. I don't know, it could be a couple weeks or maybe even like a couple days or maybe a couple years, but it just, you'll start to notice that you notice things more or you'll notice repetitions more and only you can figure out or discern how the spirit part of you that does not live in your body communicates with you and it will be a way that makes sense to you you know how do you feel like that ties in with angel numbers oh my god well I know I believe that (laughs) but like I want to hear your side (laughs) I think that it's a fun way that they get your attention (laughs) Are you specifically talking about like repetitive numbers like 444 or like your personal angel number for your birth date? Oh, I didn't even know you had a specific angel number. Oh, the rabbit hole never ends. (laughs) There is something for everything. Um, But uh, I think think when, when you see repetitive numbers, like the way that I've been seeing 444 for like six weeks and since last week I've been seeing 555 is I think it's just a way to catch your attention and... I've tried Googling these things. You can find, the internet is insane. You can find anything on there. So uh, you could look that up and see if anything resonates. But I do think that your intuition and seeing things like that is a reminder that it kind of doesn't matter the way that you emotionally feel in this moment. You are still, you're still connected, even if you feel very lost at sea. It's it, it feels very good to have that kind of insane synchronicity keep popping up as a like kind of like a rebellious reminder. Like if you thought about giving up, if you thought that you were alone, listen, listen, girl, just come out of the hole right now. You're being watched by so many people. <laughs> and none of them are human. And they have your back, right? They do. They want the best for you is what I think. And I also feel like believing in it kind of just like helps you in your day. So for example, two weeks ago, the store had the most items sold. Not necessarily. It was the second highest week of sales number, but the most items ever sold. And it was 663 items. And I like looked up what that meant. And it was like, reassurance what you are doing is on the right track like just keep going and your work inspires other people and I was like hot damn that is perfect let's uh (laughs) take that and keep going like so even if that was just a little thing it was like a nice reminder to just be like yeah keep chugging along oh yeah I think that I don't know I don't necessarily believe like it's the thing like I don't think that the number itself is is an all-powerful thing or or the license plate itself is an all-powerful thing. I think that, you know, all the unseen forces that are with you at all times, they're just going to nudge you or put directly in front of you things that you would notice to lead you to something that makes sense to you, that would remind you of something that 
you wanted to know or, or needed reminding of. So I think like things like angel nomos or things like even like astrology or Enneagrams or Miles Briggs or uh, human design, like all of these things are tools and all of these things are vessels for spirit and the universe and the unseen to come and communicate with you and lead you to the places that would mean something to you. So it almost doesn't matter like what the vessel is as long as you get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is really helpful because there is so much going on and it's like, are you an Enneagram person or are you a a Zodiac person or are you this? And especially with Instagram now, there's all these accounts dedicated to like, Enneagram four and then all these people that are like Enneagram fours like follow this account and yeah it's all I mean it's it's like they're all tools like I told this to Allison last night like astrology is one of those tools it's astrology in particular it is a cosmic blueprint of what your tendencies are and like how your behavior tends to create certain effects and you can use it to your benefit you can ignore it you can like use it as an excuse. You can like anything you want to do. It it exists and you can do with it what you want to do. But all of it ultimately is just there so that you can, you have endless resources to explore yourself. And, and you're going to find the one that makes the most sense to you. And it all leads back to the same place, which is you trying to remember that you're <laughs> a ball of cosmic sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More or less. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people like to diss on Zodiac and astrology and like Enneagrams. But it's like, why wouldn't you take that opportunity just to know yourself a little bit better so that you can trust your intuition so you're a little more self-aware so that when you're on, I don't know, on the path of life, I don't know, you can just have Mm -hmm. those tools that make you successful or just, I don't know, those little nudges that… I have strong opinions. (laughs) Let's hear them. Do it. Dive all in. right. So like all these things, all <laughs> these things that are technically classified as pseudoscience, like astrology, Enneagram, human design. What else do we have? Myers-Briggs. Like all, actually that might be psychology. I don't know. But like all of these things that deal with personality types and, and um, behavioral types. I, like it takes me back to witch days, you know, where at a certain point in history, like the people in charge got really afraid that people would know how much agency they had in their own lives. <laughs> and they were like, no, we could never have this. So they would demonize things like witchcraft or astrology, or, you know, turn anything that would allow you to explore yourself more into something that is seen by society as, like, stupid or, or um, what's a better Voodoo. word? Yeah, like, taboo in some way, you know, when really it's, they're just, like, stuff. <laughs> they're not anything scary, but um, I think that's why people still brush it off today is I think it's that internalized stigma of believing something that is is quote unquote widely believed to be stupid or or might classify you as the bad kind of radical. Yeah. Or something. Like I'll see. But it's all for your empowerment, I think. Yeah, like even on social media, I'll see people, people like saying, not these people thinking that the month they're born affects their life. It's like, well, why wouldn't you just want to like, I don't know, explore that? Like, why are you so, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like what's that hurting yeah. you? And when I found out more about the Enneagram, it helped me so much, particularly the negative sides of the four, because I think when you read through them, 
anyone can resonate with like, yeah, I'm optimistic mm-hmm. and I'm hardworking and like, I love everyone and everything. And then you read like you at your worst and you're like, oh, those are definitely the things I try to put into the closet. Like that really is me. And it will show you like, okay, if you have a confrontation with this Enneagram number, like this is how they're perceiving the situation. This is how you're perceiving it. Or if you at your worst is likely to end up either like closing yourself off or choosing addiction or whatever, and you can see that in yourself, I think that's very helpful to be like, okay, well, I'm a tool to try to not go down that path. Oh yeah. I think that could be part of the reason why people don't like it or are afraid of it is because it like paints, it paints an overview inclusive of the things you don't want anybody to know (laughs) or things you just really don't want to be there, especially in like astrology. And you've got like what people would call like a bad placement. There is no bad placement. It just depends what you do with the placement or how you decide to, you know, transform it in your human experience. But like, yeah, it will point out things that you personally hope no one finds out about you, but it's helpful because if you can, if you know about it, you have a better chance of turning it into something that can benefit you for your entire life. I speak about this as I am in the middle of my Saturn return. So future Diddy, I can't wait to meet you, but it's like really hardcore right now. You guys aren't there yet, but you will be. I think you should talk about what a Saturn return is because this was so interesting to me yesterday. Saturn is the cosmic ruler of boundaries, rules, getting your act together. Uh, And Saturn is the body responsible for uh, calling bullshit on anything that does not work for you anymore. It can be really, really, um, if you resist it, it will be absolute hell on earth for you. But if you go with the flow, if you take what it is showing you and you decide to uh, clean things up or just like get things in order, then you're going to be so golden. It does this for your benefit and your Saturn return is when Saturn returns to the exact placement it was at the time of your birth. And that is the gnarliest uh, amount of time in your life, supposedly. I can tell you from personal experience so far that yes, that has been (laughs) my experience (laughs) where Saturn will look at whatever it is in your life. It depends on the house and the sign that it is in, but... Just using myself as as an example, Saturn, I have Saturn in Aquarius and it's in my seventh house, which is the house of um, partnerships, other people, long-term relationships, marriage, that kind of thing. And before this, it was, Saturn was crossing my sixth house, which is routine, daily activities, work, groups of people that you work with, your health, like that kind of thing. And all throughout this time, Saturn has really dragged everything I was hoping I would never have to see again that I had stashed in corners. It has hauled it into the broad and unforgiving light of day. And it's been really, really awful. (laughs) Because it's the kind of thing that makes you have to confront the fact that you still remember that thing that you lived when you were 15 and it still does affect you. And it is like, if you don't really deal with it, it's going to keep affecting you and it's going to make you feel like you're a bad person when really, no, it's just, it's a thing that you shove aside and should really look at if you're going to work well with other people or if you're going to have any chance at a long-term relationship that's actually healthy, you know? And with things like routine, like right now, I know that 
your Saturn in Aquarius is going through your house of routines and health and like all these things. And I'm talking to Allison, by the way. And I can see how like you have been shown in various ways that certain routines work for you and others don't. And when you don't adhere to routines that work for you, you feel terrible. And it like destroys your ultimate end goal. So you've taken the cues and you've adapted to what you know works. And maybe it's not like maybe at first it's difficult or at first it's not that fun, but is working in your favor and you do actually feel good whether or not you admit it at the very beginning. But yeah, that's the kind of energy Saturn brings. So it's terrifying, but it's ultimately good. And that's that's what you have to hold on to when you are in the middle of the raging sea. As I currently am. It's so interesting <laughs> to hear this because as a regular person who's not a psychic, you would never realize these things without your, like someone's help like you. Because Allison maybe had all these habits and routines and like maybe she was feeling frustrated, but didn't understand maybe why you're feeling frustrated because you're like, routines are supposed to help. But like having this outside kind of counselor come in and like help you break that down, <laughs> I feel like is so helpful. It really does help when you don't have to do all the brain work yourself and you have somebody who is like aware of certain things to point them out to you and then you can take it however you want and apply it to your life and see how it fits on you because you're going to live this no matter what. Like you don't need an outside person to come in and tell you that this is the time in your life when you're supposed to make really big changes. No, the changes are coming whether or not you want them, but it does make it so much more palatable and sometimes meaningful, depending on your experience, to have somebody to like tell you about what is happening so it does not feel like the world is imploding on you or it doesn't feel like you're just having a phase or it just puts the events that you might be experiencing into context so that you can optimize them if you choose to optimize them or completely ignore them if you want to. But it does help having a support system of some kind. Yeah, even last night we met a couple of friends and immediately says anyone that she meets in her head, she's like, what's their sign? What's this? How does that relate to me? How does that relate to the person that they're dating? Like it's like going through all of this in her head so fast and normal people are just like, hi, I'm Allison. Nice to meet you. And you're over here like trying to like plot their entire life Hi, I'm Diddy. Quick question. What, when are you? <laughs> Do you have your birthday? <laughs> or sometimes yeah. when I don't want to come off as insane, I'll just like sit there and observe and I'm like, yeah, definitely a Leo. This person's a Leo for sure. Somewhere in there is a lot of Leo in there. <laughs> And it's fun when I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do. It's overwhelming sometimes. I meet people or I know people and then I find out uh, specific things that are happening in their life. And then I think about what's going on in the sky. I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. They should probably not freak out so much because ultimately this is going in the right direction. Or I will, I'll meet somebody like the people we met yesterday. I'm trying to figure out what was my personal experience with them. And does that mean that like this particular placement on top of mine evokes this kind of response? So the next time I meet somebody like this, I should be aware of this or like just like all these things. It makes my head spin, but is what I naturally tend to do. <laughs> yeah, you it's one of your favorite. I don't want to say hot interests. Because what was the website you went to? Astro.com. A-S-T-R-O.com. It's free. It's a great resource, you guys. 
Yeah, and you were like, I'm sure the the man in the computers are like, this girl never gets off this website. <laughs> Whoever is tracking me is like, dear God, get some new it. Your FBI agent's like, wait, maybe I'm learning something from the, from tracking this girl. Maybe I should check this out. <laughs> My FBI agent is like, well, I am a Scorpio, so I suppose this is the time of year when this would happen. But. <laughs> Yeah, and um, last night we even, we texted Clay's mom and asked for his birth Yeah, place. birth time and birthplace. And she came through with the details. Like, it was great. ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then we did my whole birth chart, Clay's whole birth chart. Like, Clay's just like out golfing in Branson. And we were like, little does he, this poor man know that we are diving into the depths of his soul. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God, Clay, I'm sorry. But I'm also not at all sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we spent a good three hours looking at Allison's uh, birth chart. And I should say, disclaimer, I am not a professional astrologer. I just have a heavy interest and a heavy curiosity. And through experience and just like endless curiosity, I have learned a lot and I continue to learn every day. So my reading of Allison's birth chart was very much an amateur one. But the short version is that she is inevitably famous the way that you, Kara, are inevitably famous. It does not surprise me that you guys would come together in some kind of union. And also she's a Virgo rising and you are a Pisces and Virgo risings tend to attract Pisces in mates of some kind, like partnerships of some kind. So it just all makes sense. But Allison's got a ton of like fame placements and it basically it does not matter what she would have decided to do in life. She would have gained extreme recognition for it and pissed off a lot of women on the way there. <laughs> and we're like, this is so on brand. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of what she she's meant to do. She's meant to poke really uncomfortable places in people's brains to elicit responses or to elicit thought processes that may not have gotten like activated otherwise. But yeah, she's meant to shine light in shadowy places and make people uncomfortable, but also do beautiful things like own a store with beautiful aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. And then we were even looking up, which I had never even heard of this part, the geography of the place. Astrocartography. It's fascinating. <laughs> you Once you dive into the rabbit hole, you'll just keep falling. <laughs> it doesn't end. Like, yeah. So uh, we'll uh, see where this goes in the duration of Allison's lifetime. But I personally think that she would gain an uncomfortable amount of uh, either fame or notoriety. I don't, I don't really know. In Russia and also in like on the eastern coast of Africa and the islands off South Africa. So and I think it would be like it feels like women's rights stuff. We'll see. We'll see how Allison's life plays out. This could take literally a lifetime, but that's just my feeling. <laughs> Isn't that so crazy, though, to like yeah. have a reading? Because you're like, I don't ever think about going to Russia or these small towns off Madagascar. I don't think you need to go there. I think you just need to like talk about something that will eventually touch someone there. And you would have to do minimal things to have it travel and have very big effect. That's the feeling I get as a lay <laughs> a lay amateur <laughs> astrocartographer. <laughs> okay, wait, you should say Clay's really quick too, because 
Oh yeah, Clay is. <laughs> Allison was playing me the the episode where she and Clay were talking, and like I was like looking at his chart at the same time. I'm like, correct, correct, <laughs> tracks. I'm making shapes with my hands. By the way, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm, God, of course. Why didn't I even? Yes, um, but yeah, he. My main takeaway from from Clay's chart is that he's a highly transformative person and he is so down for the ride and and transformation of his self and the way he does things and the ways that are meaningful for him are like they are so powerful. He can raise all like he is the tide that can rise all the ships or raise all the ships in the in his personal process of transformation. It's really beautiful. I loved it. Loved it. Don't know him, but you know. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, go listen and then connect that because I can totally see that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's fun because his transformation would come through communication. And after I said that, Allison was like, hold on, let me pull up, let me pull up this episode. And she pulls up like a specific line in there. I'm like, well, yes, I see that. I clearly see that (laughs) on this chart. I know. And I kept so, saying things throughout the weekend of being like, I don't know why this is how this is. And she's like, I know why. It's right here. <laughs> I can see this tendency very clearly. <laughs> we should have done so yours, Kara. I know. Well, we will in due time. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> that's so fun. How did analyzing yeah. Allison and Clay's birth charts, how does that correlate to the relationship? Does it make sense? Does being together? She even picked out the day that we're oh going to get married. My I have made some estimations. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're both Virgo risings, which I thought was so Whoa. interesting. And they both have Saturn and Pisces. I think you do too, Carol. Co-star point up. Although I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I would not stake my life on it. But yeah, you might have Saturn and Pisces. But my guesstimation is that uh, Clay and Allison would get engaged between May 12 and May 30. And they would probably get married in, I would say, like maybe 18 months after that, just based on both of their um, Saturn placements and the fact that both of their Saturn placements are in their seventh houses. And that's the house of long-term relationships and marriage. So heard it here first. <laughs> Check back in a year. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, don't tell Clay. Yeah, Clay, Clay, don't, don't listen, listen to this. <laughs> and then also how we were good together, right? With a lot of things. So many compatibilities, <laughs> like just really, really harmonious. I, like there were just too many, too many small things to remember all of them, but it was just like a very harmonious thing. And you can, these are all things that you can piece together with astrological birth charts. And it's fascinating because like, it's not gospel or anything. It's just like people's tendencies and their tendencies go really well together. And one thing that this astrologer I liked, her name is Aliza Kelly. She said it in a beautiful way is that although people unlock aspects of your cosmic makeup that you by yourself would not be able to unlock if you were just like living alone. So you need other people to reach your full potential. So like seeing Allison's chart and then Clay's chart and kind of overlapping them together, it was really gorgeous to see how she unlocks potentials in him that ultimately fulfill his true like purpose if you want to be that dramatic about it but (laughs) 
and he can provide certain energetic dynamics for her that allow her to have a more comfortable like they just unlock things in each other that don't come out if they were to just exist as single agents you know it's so it's so fascinating it's so fascinating it's a good tool all that being said so you do readings for people like psychic readings would you ever do birth chart readings for people To be honest, I don't think that I am good enough yet to confidently do that. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. very comfortable, like, doing a casual (laughs) curiosity (laughs) dive. But I would love to learn more before I offer that as any kind of service to people. But, I mean, it's so interesting. Just give me, like, a couple years and I'll (laughs) I'll have some kind of wait list or something. But, yeah, maybe one day. Okay, well, in the meantime, if someone wants to start diving more into it, what resources or what would you suggest? Easiest place to start is follow astrologers on Instagram. I have my favorite ones. My favorite astrologers are Aliza Kelly. Um, I actually don't know her handle, but she's very she's very easy to find. Aliza, A-L-I-Z-A, Kelly, spelled like Kelly. And if you would like a phenomenal birth chart reading, my personal astrologer, Angel Idealism, she's based in New York. She's incredible. I've been seeing her for years and years and years. I love her. She's, oh, she's really good. And who else? There are so many astrologers on Instagram. I really like Valley Girl Mystic. I really like, oh, edit out these long. Let me see if we, anything. We totally can. We can just snip them. Yeah, let me. And we can link all of these astrologers in our show notes. So if anyone's listening, click to our show notes and you can check them out. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me see if anyone important comes up. Um, no, I'd say Aliza Kelly is my most uh, referenced person because she just really makes it human. She doesn't, it's, it's not like all stars and nonsense, but it's very, very human and I like it. That's awesome. Any books? Books on astrology? Boy, I have not, I haven't gotten there yet, but I've got books for tarot cards and intuition. (laughs) If you are interested in learning how to read tarot cards and you're not ready for like a full class yet or or you are not ready to invest uh, seriously in it, I would recommend 78 Degrees of Wisdom which is like, it's just a great overview and it will like lead you anywhere you need to go. And when you are ready to dive into an astrology class or a tarot class or an intuition class, go to 22 Teachings. They're based in LA, but that is my favorite school to learn with. It's very, very, it's accessible and it's just, it feels so good. So, yeah. Okay. So I don't have a deck of tarot. T, like it looks like tarot, but you pronounce tarot. Correct. Okay. I mean, this is all coming from the same person that like has to think about Zodiac every time because I used to call it Zodiac. (laughs) And when I say used to, I mean like three months ago. (laughs) Oh my God. Don't tell (laughs) Diddy that. You're going to get a heart attack. Zodiac? I didn't know. (laughs) Did you never see the movie The Zodiac? And <laughs> say Zodiac. I don't know. So I still, every time I say it, I seriously have to think of this dog named Kodiak. And I'm like, Zodiac. Yes, that's how it's pronounced. That's so funny. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. So yes, the tarot, tarot yeah. cards. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So if you, um, do you 
recommend having a tarot deck out of the gate if you're starting to learn? Or do you think that it's just good to get readings on them? I would say this is such a non-answer. Just whatever feels best to you. Like for me, I got a tarot deck and it sat on my shelf for three years. And then one day I just looked at it. And I'm like, I should open those. And I did. And I just, like, it just went from there. They didn't immediately mean much to me but like as you feel them as your person they gain meaning for you in your interaction with them so you could have them straight out the gate but you could also just read things for information like all of this is very I always hesitate to boil everything down to black and white or boil everything down to uh things that you should do only because this is such a subjective existence of stuff like this whole realm of stuff, astrology and intuition and uh, psychic anything and personality. It's all how you experience life and you are the filter that everything goes through. So there, <laughs> my personal recommendation would be to start reading. And if it like, if you feel you will know when to go find what you want because you will feel the pull. But my favorite places to start are books and uh, people who inspire me. Like with astrology, Aliza Kelly and Angel. Like those, yeah. Allow yourself to be pulled by yourself. That's awesome. And I did want to ask you, we've brought up CoStar like six times this episode. And I apologize <laughs> if I did not explain what that was. If you're listening, CoStar is an astrology app. And I feel like that was my first dipping my toes into astrology. Would you recommend that to someone who literally knows nothing about their sign. Like, is that a good place to start? Or do you think following those people? I mean, both. Why not? Yeah. No one's, no one's, no one's, no one cares. <laughs> do what you want. So it's a good but app. Co-star, it's not trash. I personally don't use CoStar because I'm like, this does not make sense to me. But I know lots of people who it does wonders for. My personal favorite app is the Chani app, C-H-A-N-I, because it makes things human. You know how CoStar is very beautiful and very poetic? It can also mean that nothing that they send you makes any sense. Like, what does it mean today you are? A leaf. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Am I hanging in the tree? Just, Am I getting stepped on? Like, what is that? <laughs> Am I dying? Am I, yeah. Am I being blown into a river? Like, what? <laughs> you don't know. But I love the Chani app. It's it's a great place to to start learning about um, just things that they send you. They'll send you push notifications saying. The moon is now in Capricorn. It's time to get serious about how you deal with your emotions. You know, like things like that, that you can actually use. Or Saturn is is uh, trining Neptune. Your film ideas are ripe for development. Like things like, I can directly use those things. So that's my, that's my app recommendation. That's very helpful. That's that is so way helpful. more applicable to my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally in doubt yes. that right now. That's Same, great advice. Like if we know nothing and we're trying to analyze why we are a leaf, that doesn't <laughs> help me very much. If you have CoStar, that is literally so accurate. It'll give me like a daily thing. I don't even read it anymore because it's like, you're a puddle on a sidewalk today. Spend more time with your friends that are dogs or like something like what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's just ignoring Listen, that. <laughs> if the two Pisces on this podcast don't know what the hell CoStar is saying to them, yeah. then it's it's really a thing. Just <laughs> the wise. Go get some practical advice. 
That's what Diddy told okay, me. Wait, you yeah. saying that just made me have like an aha moment. Like you guys both being the same sun sign and then me and you both being Enneagram fours. And then mm. me, what is mine and Kara's commonality? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, well, you've both got Saturn in Pisces, but also you are a Virgo rising. So you naturally attract Pisces. Ziz. Okay. Well, I was going to say that makes sense why like the trio of us works together so well is the common ground between oh, yeah. each side of the triangle. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Okay. So we got some resources like for people wanting to learn. Do we have any more questions or should we ask you our signature question and wrap up? Let me see how long it's been. 11, 12. It's been like an hour and 15. So yeah, I think it's probably fine. Do you feel like you said all the things you wanted to say? I mean, everything that's come to mind so far, we did, we had no plan. We allowed this to go anywhere we wanted it to. So uh, yeah, I think, I can't think of anything else. Um, Oh, I will say that I really do hope to be able to, allow people to access that door to their own unknown uh, through the things I make in the future. Like right now I have the ability to do things where I can read for people and I we can sit down at your dining table and dive into birth charts. Um, but I hope to be able to bring that to wider audiences through films or art or, or something where you don't need me to sit in your living room and do that for you. You can... Watch something I made on Netflix. That's me knocking on wood. <laughs> I think you should touch a little bit on what we even talked about right outside the door before we came in of how we both were like, yeah, we have bachelors of journalism because we thought it was going to legitimize us or something mm-hmm. because we were afraid to like legitimize our creativity. Mm-hmm. It was my friend Naomi Cowan. She's a single. She was the first person who told me that. Um, I I just told Allison right before this recording that um, we both had, we found out that we both had degrees in journalism and art. Um, And the reason, like my personal reason was that I thought if I had a journalism degree, it would legitimize me in the eyes of the U.S. government and make it easier for me to stay here. It did not. But I, my friend Naomi was, she is a singer, but she was a journalist before this. And she told me when she heard that I had also gotten my degree in journalism that it's like a known thing that creative people tend to want to legitimize their creativity by getting something that is seen as more legitimate, like a journalism degree. So like me as a, as a filmmaker slash photographer, my fine art degree was not cutting it like just just on a, a like an immigration standpoint, but also personally as well, I wanted to legitimize it by having a degree that people recognized as good or hard or like respectable as if creativity in itself was not super, super valuable. So hearing that Allison also had that same that same experience where she had an art degree, but it was backed up by this other one is, yeah. It's a whole thing, but it is because um, if you just go around and people are like, "What did you study?" and you're like, "I studied art," it's like not good enough. Yeah, it's. I mean, now it is. I mean, right. <laughs> I guess, but I think it's good enough in your own life if it if you think it's good enough because yeah. it took us like getting out of school and now I'm like everything I learned in art school is like what helps make the store and all of my displays and like why I can make an Instagram feed look nice and all of that like. Honestly, my ma- my bachelor's degree doesn't apply to anything I'm doing. 
because I didn't care about that. I literally Mm -hmm. studied art for four years and thought, okay, well, I guess I'll also tack on the Bachelor of Journalism just so that I can maybe get a job someday or something. Mm -hmm. And you basically did the same thing. And now you're like, wait, why was I doing all of this stuff when I should have just studied film from the get-go? Because that's what I actually wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It's because, uh, well, in my case, it was uh, just like island syndrome, where if you come from a small place that has a very specific idea of success, then you feel that pressure to (laughs) conform and achieve that kind of success because you kind of doubt your own creativity and think that it's not legitimate because the only legitimate professions are law, medicine, and accounting or uh, engineering or architecture, but no. (laughs) But yeah, I think it can be, your creativity can very much be a a vessel for the kind of transformation that you want to bring people. I feel like I should read the quote from Ira Glass. Oh yeah, because that one really rocked me. Yeah, you even texted (laughs) me after I posted it and you were like, that resonated so much. Did you see that one that I posted, Kara? No. Okay. Um, So anyone who's creative, hopefully this resonates with you. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste, but there is this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. If you're just starting out or if you're still in this phase, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing that you can do is a lot of work. A volume of work will close that gap and your work will, and your work will be as good as your ambitions. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while, but you have to fight your way through. Yeah, that is absolutely, that one really rocked me because I made my first film and like it, it lives on in my heart forever because it's my first film. But it is, I'm not going to say it because everybody who worked on this worked so hard. But it's not great. (laughs) It's a miracle it exists because there was an actual hurricane going on. But yeah, it just, you know what you're capable of, but your human self has to catch up to it. And it's the most jarring thing. It is really, it gives me visceral nausea responses (laughs) when I think about it. But it is so true. You do learn by doing and like you can't get better. Creativity is a muscle, just like literally anything else. And people, I think, ask a lot like how, yo, you're a creative person. Like how do you become more creative or something? And I think it's really just doing creative stuff and knowing at the beginning that if you're trying to take a flat lay photo, the first like thousand are probably going to look really bad. And you don't get better until you're just shooting a film, taking the photos, making the painting that you're like, okay, well, that doesn't look quite right. Why? Mm-hmm. There's and no other way. Yeah, there's no, it's like the only way to there is through. Through. It's uncomfortable. It's and really we, think uncomfortable. Of, we think of it being so normal with sports. Like you don't just set out one day, run a marathon. You like build up to it. You don't just like, hit a home run in baseball the first time you swing a bat, you yeah. like, you get better. But for some reason with creativity, people think it's like this like on and off switch. Like you're just creative or you're not. Yeah. Kind of like intuition. It's like you're either intuitive or you're not. Like, no, you are. You just have to pay attention to it yeah. and like work it out. Take it for a run. Yeah. Flex those That's muscles. A good point. Make them stronger. Yeah. I feel like that was a really good full circle moment for, for me there. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now we can ask our signature question. Go for it, Kara. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Diddy. To you, what makes a good friend? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is so 
That's a huge question. Oh, God. Okay. Well, you think. I'm going to say something to Kara. Mm-hmm. We should do like a quick little five-minute episode, like put it on and string everyone's answers together one time. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Just like because Michaela posted one five-minute clip of like a bunch of recaps and Richard even gave me that idea. He's like, not every episode has to be like a full-long thing. You could do like little snippets. Yeah. It would be so cute if we strung everyone's answers together. Um, that would be so cute and like perfect for TikTok too. Like, cause yes. we've been trying to brainstorm how to put our content on TikTok. And I feel like that would be so cute. The best I could come up with, please edit out the long pauses as I try to put words on this. Um, the best I could come up with in this moment is to me, what makes a good friend is someone who understands who you are and accepts you as the person you are and does their best to support you in decisions that you want to make or act as the safety net in the times you really need it. But even that doesn't doesn't quite feel right because I'm thinking about my best friends and like all of them, I don't talk to any of them every day. I talk to them like once a week and I don't, what's the common, th- I'm t- like now I'm thinking aloud, what's the common thread between friends? Hmm. Yeah. All my friends just let me do me and they just love me anyway. And like they're there (laughs) when I need them and they give me space when I like. I think what makes a good friend is somebody who just like lets you be who you are and they just love you and they just they just love on you and you love on them. And there is there is no pressure to turn it into anything. They just you just love each other and you just ride this ride together. I think a quick point on that is we were talking yesterday how much pressure there is around friendships to be as like intense as a relationship. Like you have to FaceTime for like an hour and then you have to do this and you have to like go out to dinner and friendship shouldn't be that stressful. Like it should just work when it needs to work. And if, and what did we say? There should be normalized gaps where you don't talk Mm -hmm. and it not be like, oh, we didn't talk for a month. Like, I guess we're not friends anymore. It's like, no, I was just doing my thing. You were doing your thing and I still love you. Yeah, this is ne- this has never been an issue. That's never even been like a thing that's come up with any of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it, all, all my all my best friends. I've got four people in particular who I am extremely close to, and all of them we just we just let each other live our lives. And then when we pick up the phone and talk to each other, it's like great. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's like an unspoken people letting agreement. each other live. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. God, that's such a vague ass answer, but like I can't, <laughs> I can't capture the magic and put it into a bottle. Unfortunately, but if you find the words for that, let me know because yeah, I feel like it's like a feeling, not really like a description. It is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't quite put into words what makes a good friend or what I think makes a good friend. I feel like we could do a whole episode on friendships like that because we talk a lot about relationships, mm-hmm. but your friendships in life are just as important and frequent in your life as relationships. And well, you've even got more friends, friendships yeah. than relationships in most cases. So mm-hmm. exactly, and we we've should. all gone through friend breakups. And the whole point of this podcast <laughs> is friendship. It's like, wait, is the word friend in our podcast name? Maybe. Yeah, maybe we should uh-huh. tap into that. Is that what it's called? I love that. We oh, definitely amazing. need to put that on our calendar for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, well Diddy, thank you thank so much. You for coming. So much. Yeah. But let's plug, plug yourself, self-promo, where can people find you? Yeah, I am Diddy underscore Beck on Instagram. And my site is diddybeck.com. But in my bio, you will find all the links to the most relevant things. 
But I am a filmmaker and an intuitive. And uh, hopefully one day you will see a film I have made. We will. Edit this part out. But not the one I made last year. <laughs> don't watch that one. <laughs> Matt, Gio, if you're listening, don't watch, don't, don't watch that. <laughs> don't click that link in bio. <laughs> Uh, well, we love you and thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I love you guys pleasure. too. This is so fun. Thank you. All right. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. It means the world to us that you are listening, liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram. We are really trying to build up our rating in Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a review, we are a review and a rating. We are doing a giveaway at the end of the year for AirPod Pros. So Kara is going to tell you how you can enter that giveaway. Yes. So to be entered into this giveaway, you need to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Go ahead and click five-star, write a little snippet about what you're enjoying about the podcast, and then screenshot that and send it to our Instagram at We're Already Friends. That way you'll be entered. We'll see it. And yeah, we're doing the drawing at the end of the year. So again, thank you for your support. It really means the world to us and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time.